Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hello and welcome into the podcast exclusive of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo here with producer Chad Ellis and my co-host Bo Matthews. And joining us for this discussion is Richard West. He is the mayor of New Melly. He is also running for state rep out there in that area in District 63. Richard joined us on the show this week, so if you missed the uh, the radio show, make sure you go back and check that out. You can get the podcast for that in the same place that you got the podcast that you are listening to right now. So uh, you can hear Richard on the show this week. And we wanted to spend a little extra time uh, getting into some of the issues and have a, a, a little deeper discussion uh, with Richard West uh, today on the podcast exclusive. So, Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for your uh, time putting in a little OT with us. Thank you. How's it going? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. So for for people that didn't get a chance to listen to the radio show, before we get into stuff, real quick, just kind of uh, introduce yourself to the listeners and tell them how they can uh, follow you on the the Internet, uh, website, social media, all that stuff. Sure, sure. Uh, uh, Again, I grew up uh, basically on the St. Louis City, uh, Richmond Heights border. I attended grade school in Richmond Heights and uh, graduated high school in at Bishop DeBerg. Um, after graduating high school, I went to work for the St. Louis City Police Department as a communication specialist, uh, a glorified word for a dispatcher. Um, I did that until I was old enough to enter the police academy, and I entered the St. Char- Eastern St. Charles County uh, or Eastern Missouri St. Charles County Police Academy, and upon graduation, became a police officer for 18 years. Um, during that time, I was uh, a detective, uh, canine officer, and a patrol officer. I was also a member of the Greater uh, Major uh, Great Greater Metropolitan Major Case Squad, wow. um, and I was a firearms expert and armor for my department. Um, upon retiring, I went to work for uh, a company called uh, DynCorp, 
under the auspices of the Department of State, and I was an international police officer in Iraq, uh, actually in Kurdistan, Iraq, for uh, 28 months. Wow. Upon coming home, my wife and I, uh, you know, uh, while I was over there, quickly uh, I learned how important uh, a strong government can be, and I vowed that when I came back home I was going to get a little bit more involved in, in government here at home uh, so that our country doesn't end up like some of the other ones I had seen. Man, that is that is an amazing backstory. We could talk for hours, I'm sure, about all the experiences that you've had. And as I mentioned, you are the mayor of New Melly. You've been elected out there. What'd you say, four uh, different times? I mean, what a yes. what a, a wild ride from being in uh, law enforcement and then being in law enforcement over in Iraq. And then uh, now the uh, the mayor of New Melly and now running for state rep. Um, you mentioned on the show and you and you just touched on it there as well that you said that uh, part of your motivation is because you have seen firsthand uh, what it's like living in an area where the government is uh, is not representing the people and it's not doing the best interest of of its citizens. And that is something that you want to make sure that is happening here in our area. I don't want to speak for you, but is that uh, did I did I get that right? You're absolutely 100 percent right. That uh, real quickly, yeah. Spending time in, in Iraq, I, I expected to go over and meet a bunch of monsters. Um, you know, I got there, and what I saw was a bunch of really good people that wanted the same things we want here. They want to they want to provide for them and their families. They want to be left alone from their government, and they want to be able to, to live a free life. And what I found out was the government over there, you know, the Iraqi government, while they were trying to rebuild, um, and especially in Kurdistan where it's a little bit more stable, they still have governments that represent the governments, the, the individual people in the governments, rather than the people they're serving. And the, the people live in fear every day, not only fear of the bad guys coming in and getting them, but fear of politics fear of not having any money. I just they, they live in fear of almost everything because their government does not provide any protections for them. Yeah, yeah religious prosecution too. Um, exactly. You know, I, I want to. I, I would love to uh, pick your brain on uh, the national uh, headlines we've been seeing, like Portland right now. What are they? You know, fifty some days into their you know riots, um, and the the president has not been able to send in the federal agencies yet uh, on a mass scale. Uh, although our Governor Parsons asked for him to uh, send in, and he did, 200 agents to the Kansas City area. What's your opinion about that when you see the headlines everybody else is seeing, Richard? Well, um, again, we have to be, I, I believe strongly in our Tenth Amendment, um, which is our state's rights. Um, we have to be careful with, with what's going on with that. Um, you know, I, I think the leaders in these particular areas are falling short, they should be asking the federal government for help. If if not manpower-wise, at least money-wise, and maybe some guidance-wise, because, um, you know, I, I'm just going to refer back real quickly to, there was an alderman in St. Louis City last week that spoke out, and she was begging for the mayor to bring back the mobile reserve unit, begging the mayor to bring back police to her communities. And, and they were saying, and, and she lives in some of the worst parts of St. Louis City, and she's begging, please bring back our police. We support the police. We want the police. These are good people that live in these areas that are not being protected by their government. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? Obviously, we're on a show called Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Your uh, stance on Second Amendment rights. I mean, you obviously are a mayor, so you have 
some control of that, but you'll have uh, you know uh, even more influence if you're in the state house there. What are your uh, where do you stand on the Second Amendment? Well, the Second Amendment is one of if you if you look at my push card, one of the my biggest uh, biggest things that I'm I'm paying attention to. We we've already whittled away at enough of our Second Amendment rights. We need to stop and we need to start reversing some of these things. So um, I'm all for Second Amendment. I'm all for um, you know less uh, restrictions on any of our Second mm-hmm. Amendment rights. Let me, let me follow up specifically on uh, uh, red flag laws. I assume you're mm-hmm. interested in, are, are familiar with the what a red flag law is? Um, yes, sir. Yeah, and it is something that has um, caught on across the country. We've even seen some very Republican, very red states and red areas adopting red flag laws, which is a big head scratcher for me. And We've talked a lot on this show about the Democrats in uh, in Missouri that are trying to get red flag laws in, in parts of, of this state. Where do you stand on red flag laws? And um, uh, also, if you could, just to, I, or I could do it, explain what it is for people that don't exactly know um, what a red flag law is. Well, uh, let's start out with uh, red flag. Red flag laws are low hanging fruit to me. Um, mm. It's it's easy to convince somebody that's not very well versed on the Second Amendment and what it stands for, it, it's very easy to to tell these people, well, we're just we're just trying to trying to curb gun violence. We're trying to do this or that. And that and is they, exactly they, right. They, You're that's exactly right. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it, it's low hanging fruit. So mm-hmm. it, it's easy for them to mold this in and say, look, we're just trying to do what good. We're just trying to do good. When in reality, on the back end, what they're doing is whittling away at your gun rights. Mm-hmm. So you know. We need people in position in our in our state level and at our federal level that that know that this is what they're doing. They're not, you know, it, it's a feel good thing. Whenever we have something happen, the first thing we want to do is say, oh, well, let's find a way to curb these, you know, make people feel good about it. You know, the 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 fact of this is a lot of it has to do with mental health and and, and what happens, and you know, and what they want to do is they want to say, okay, well, now we're going to start whittling away at mental health people and well who determines that is you know i mean you guys have talked about it before you know where i'm going with this you know there's a lot of interpretation that goes into all of the red flag laws and it depends on who's on the other end interpreting what what is what absolutely so i don't well, know if i answered your question there no, yeah, no, you, no did. You, did. you did you did and, and i would like to interject that you know the second amendment is so vast and so important for so many. And the problem is the killings we're seeing in our major cities like Chicago or Portland or Seattle or Baltimore or Philadelphia or St. Louis or Kansas City, uh, the, the problem, you can make all these you know changes to the Second Amendment, but the bad guys and the bad girls are not paying attention to what those laws are. They will always be able to get guns some way, somehow. So when the restrictions of the Second Amendment are, are done, it's only hurting the law-abiding citizens. That's the sad part. Right, right. Well, you know, what I'd like to see more of is um, stronger prosecution against gun violators. Yes. Um, you know, right right now, I mean, we're going into a whole other subject here, but uh, right now, um, you know, we're – I think we're softening up on criminals, and, and we're allowing the criminals to have more leeway. And in doing so, they're just going to keep going and going and going. And now, I mean, look what happened in Richmond Heights yesterday with the shooting at the mall. Uh, that's horrible. You can't even go to a mall and walk around freely without this happening. Now, now wow. they're going to say, well, this is a gun issue. Well, it's not a gun issue. This is somebody who didn't need to have a gun because wow. they're, 
you know, of, of what their their intentions were. Probably, um, I, I'm not even going to go that route, but, you know. Um, <laughs> what, but oh, what nobody you, listens, what Richard. There's nobody listening. Probably had a criminal history of some sort um, and, you know, probably couldn't even own a gun legally. Good legal gun owners don't walk around doing this kind of thing. And what what it's hurting is the good legal gun owners. So, and we need to start prosecuting. We need to start holding people accountable for what they're doing, uh, not just in gun laws, but with everything else. It seems like nowadays the bad guys have the, the upper hand. Yeah. And we're not prosecuting. And you know the police are doing their job, and it gets to the court, uh, the prosecutors, and maybe the prosecutors will prosecute, maybe they won't. But then it gets to the judges, and the judges let them right back out, or or give them a uh, you know time served or, or, or leniency and let them out and then they're just back out doing the same things so speaking recidivism rate is, is crazy mm-hmm. so speaking of prosecutors and i know that probably where bo was going also um the biggest story in in our area and and maybe okay. even nationally right now is of course what's happening with the mccloskeys um and circuit attorney kim gardner not uh, are, are deciding to to press charges against them and not press charges against many other people. Uh, you know, and she even admits that she has a backlog of cases that she hasn't been able to get to, but she has still made the decision to accelerate this to the front of the line and uh, make it her priority um, as a as a as a mayor and as a potential member of the uh, state house here in Missouri. What are your thoughts on that case and how it's being handled by Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner? Okay. Well, thank you for that question. I think this is a great opportunity to get some information out there. I'm going to throw in my, my legalese as a, as a police officer and knowing some things that happened in the past. Number one, uh, I, I don't think that uh, Mrs. McCloskey was, was very smart in the way that she did what she did. Um, I think she had every right to do what she did. Um, she obviously knew that that weapon was not a working weapon when it was given to her. So maybe that is the reason she did what she did, had her finger in the, in the trigger, uh, in, the, in the trigger guard, and was waving it around at people. Uh, Richard, I, let me, really I want to say this real yeah. quick. I'm, I'm so glad yeah. that you started with that because it's refreshing to hear somebody that is able to give criticism on one side, even if it's the side that you are ultimately on and or defending. These days, it's like we have to take one side. We don't see any gray area. Um, you're either with us or against us. Nobody works together. You're either on, you know, you're you're either, if you defend the protesters, you think the McCloskeys should be in prison forever. If you defend the McCloskeys, then you think that all protesters should be thrown in jail and it should be completely illegal. And it's just not that way. There's gray area and it's okay to criticize or critique your own side. And it's something that is that I am always preaching about and it's just really refreshing to hear somebody say that maybe there were some mistakes made on this side but that doesn't mean that you're that doesn't mean that you're taking the other side you're just you just you just can hold two thoughts in your head at once so sorry to interrupt you but i just wanted to say that that's a refreshing thing to hear go go right ahead i'm sorry well in in having said that i i want people to understand that is the way a policeman thinks so uh, policemen always aren't out there trying to find the good or the bad. Um, I'll go into that in a second, but let me go on with the McCloskeys. So whether or not I, – I'm guessing that she understood that that, be, that that weapon 
was not a working weapon, and maybe that's why she did what she did. Not a smart move, but it's not an illegal move either. So moving on from that, from what I saw of her husband, I really didn't see him violating the – and I didn't see the whole thing, but I did, really didn't see him violating the, the, the trigger guard or the trigger and or pointing weapons directly at people. So having said that, um, I think the bigger issue here is – if you all remember, not too long ago, Kim Gardner made a list of policemen that she said she wasn't going to work with because she believed they lied and or fabricated evidence. That was her excuse. Mm-hmm. How does she come across telling us now that she can fabricate evidence by putting that gun back together in a working order so that she could prosecute these people? That is wrong. I mean, this is I, – I, I'm surprised nobody's really touching on this bigger issue here. She fabricated evidence to prosecute these people, and that that's just – I, I, that, that's where I'm really bothered with this whole thing. If she can do that with this case yeah. and obviously had somebody speak out against her, yeah. what can she do in other places? What kind of evidence can she manufacture in other places? She's yeah. already manufactured evidence against our, our, our previous sitting uh, governor. We consume so much news. This is actually the first time I've heard that the firearm she was carrying was not in working order. In what way? The, apparently, mm-hmm. the firing pin was not either engaged and or inserted. And she had her lab people put the gun back together so that it was a working gun. Yeah, I, and I, I, knew, I knew that. I didn't. I, I wasn't yeah. sure that. I didn't know that she... I, I, I never knew for sure if she knew or not that it didn't work. I knew the gun didn't work. I'd heard that, that they had taken it back and, you know, because th- they, they confiscated that gun and the uh, the AR that, that Mr. McCloskey was, was holding. And when when the authorities got them and took them apart, you know, like looked at them, took them apart and whatever, they realized that it was not a working gun. I was I didn't know for sure what one way or the other whether she knew that when it was happening or not you would I hope bet she did you well, would I hope know. you would hope she would but, she, but, but okay even if she didn't know then she knows now she right. hasn't retracted her her correct her correct. thoughts on on whether to prosecute or not yep um so you know i i have real issues with that now we have your your top prosecutorial um elected official either i'm not saying she, and i may have misspoke before i'm not saying she purposely had them um manufacture that evidence but she does know about it now right and i i, I would think that i don't know one way or the other, other you discussion may be, I, yeah this. yeah i don't know i just don't know one way or the other if she knew or not but i you know it it is a fact that it was not a working firearm we know uh, we know yeah. that now. i'll be honest with you i was I headed to the range i was headed to the range one time and i grabbed my wife's uh, walther uh p22 um and i i had all intentions of running a couple of hundred rounds through it i get out there and it wasn't firing at all. And I was like, what's going on? So I had to have it repaired. So my point is, I would I would say me being pretty versed around firearms and didn't know that that had happened to this firearm, that I guarantee you she probably reached in her purse or, or you know her nightstand or wherever it was and just ran out there, in my opinion. I'm just thinking, why would she walk out there with a, a non-working firearm? Well, um, apparently this, this firearm, now I'm just, I'm going by reports that I've seen. Yeah. Um, this, this firearm was used actually in a defense case that they were working and was apparently laying on the counter. So she actually mm. used a, a prop that was used in a court case. Oh, so boy. I'm guessing she prob- probably had to know. Now, is, is, 
right, wrong, or indifferent, that's not a very smart thing to do. First of all, you're calling somebody's bluff. What are you going to do? I mean, if somebody would have shot her, they would have been within the rights to do, do so because they didn't know that the gun was, was working. Right. Or not. Oh, right. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of, of things here that weren't very smart on her, but smart and illegal are two different things. Yeah. No, uh, that's I've a great been point. I've prosecutor before with a gun case with a non-working gun, and the prosecutor would not issue because the gun was not working. So we're talking to Richard West. He's the mayor of New Melly, and he is running for state rep in District 63. Um, before we run out of time here, Richard, want to just touch on a couple other uh, issues with you. Being the mayor of New Melly, you probably had to make some decisions in this area already. But where do you stand on the entire uh, uh, COVID-19 situation? Kids are going to be going back to school here in a couple of months. There's been... Story after story of, you know, some school districts, the Catholic schools are all going to open up and kids are going to be back in classes. My uh, my kids are going to not go back to class. We just found out this week, at least initially, it's going to all be virtual learning. Um, Where do you where do you stand on the uh, coronavirus situation? Well, I'm going to I'm going to sum this up real quickly. And this kind of my beliefs that uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics. Pediatrics has recently put out a, um, a statement uh, saying that the benefit to go back to school outweighs the risk of COVID. And I, I tend to lean with that statement. Um, I, I believe there's a, a virus out there. I believe it's dangerous. Um, however, it's, I, I think from the information we're given um, that it's, it's I'm not going to say harmless, but it's, it's less effective on our younger population. And, you know, to build a herd immunity, I think uh, getting our kids back to school is is more important. I think we're doing more damage by keeping these kids out of school. Yeah, you know, I, I want to point out that in one of the coronavirus task force this week, I heard President Trump say uh, that the median age for death of COVID-19, do you know what it is, guys? Here's a trivia question for you if you didn't see it. Any idea? Uh, I don't know, but I'll guess 43. Oh, I, I'm going to guess like 65. 78. Wow. 78 is the median age. Yeah. So there you go. You look at the bell curve on that, and we need to get this country roaring again. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I I saw some numbers. Now, this has been back a few weeks ago, but it was something like the the number of people in the United States under the age of 25 that have died from COVID-19 was like in the double digits. It was. And then. And then. Under 25 was in the double digits. And then think about that because we've had hundreds of thousands of people die from it, but almost no young people to sort of uh, and, highlight your point, Richard. And and the uh, and the hybrid school or the online school, it's just not the same. My wife yeah. and I have been talking about it so much. It's like you miss out on so much. It's just we need to get these kids back. The teachers get, you know, the teachers would be the most vulnerable, I would think. Um, but, and I know that there's a lot of unknowns. I just, when I heard that median age of 78, I was like, what are we even doing? I know that's an, that's incredible. I have kids and my oldest is a senior and is starting her senior year. She's devastated that, uh, she might be missing out on it. She's very active in the school and the orchestra and, uh, uh, the 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 musicals that they do there and, you know, looking forward to her senior year. And she didn't get to go to her junior prom because the prom was right when the whole lockdown went into yeah. effect. And she thought, well, mm. I missed my junior prom, but at least I'll get my senior prom. And now that's up in the air. So she's devastated. And to your point uh, about kids learning, Bo, 
my my oldest is a is a great student. She's got a four point three grade point average. Um, she's you know she can she can learn. She'll find a way to learn and and make sure she's doing what she needs to do, even if it is virtually. My middle child, who is in uh, going into fourth grade, needs to be in a classroom. Right, she is right. not. She cannot focus on a screen and turn and work on her time and. Do, she, I, I really feel like she is being damaged by this, that she is not learning um, the way that she should be learning at her age because she needs to, she's one of those kids that needs to be in the classroom. She, she can't – she needs to have her, her attention focused on something, and it's She needs that, that camaraderie. Uh, Mayor, yeah. do you have uh, – do you have small children or school-age children? Uh, no, no. My, my youngest is uh, 23 now, so. Oh, thank mm. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> my wife and I were just speaking this morning. We're glad that uh, – that our children are are grown and on yeah. their own, and uh, we don't have to deal with this situation. Yeah, ain't that the truth? That is Richard West. He is the mayor of New Melly. He's also running for state rep in District sixty three. Uh, one more time, Richard, before we let you go, tell people how they can learn more about you if they are so inclined. The easiest way is just go out on the internet and type in "Go West for Missouri." Uh, my my uh, Facebook page is "Go West for Missouri." My um, website is GoWestForMissouri.com. I have an email, GoWestForMissouri at Hotmail.com. And again, I'll give out my phone number because I'm not afraid to take calls from anybody. Mm. 636-578-9574. That is Richard West. He's running for state rep. He's also the mayor of New Melly. And uh, we appreciate your time on the show and uh, putting in a little extra time here on the podcast exclusive with us, Richard. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You bet. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the podcast exclusive of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors for producer Chad Ellis and my partner, Bo Matthews. I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back here next week for more Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. See you, boys. Get more at 971talk.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.